Wait a minute, I hear something. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie, a show that is currently done behind the steering wheel of a 2015 GMC Acadia. My name is Rick, I'm your host, and uh, while I'm moving on down the road, I like to talk about movies. And uh, in this current state, uh, we're going to talk about 1976. So, uh, a lot of things come to mind when I think of 76. I was a, a wee lad at this time. A whopping six years old. But it's amazing the things that I think of and I think about this time period. Uh, 76. The, the bicentennial year for all of you American people, right? Um, I think about KISS being the biggest band on the planet at this time. Uh, Evil Knievel still doing his thing. We're one year away from Star Wars happening, so, you know, we got Logan's run to kind of show us what sci-fi is. I don't know. 76 is kind of a sweet spot, you know. Disco is starting to boom a little bit. But, uh, you know, Kiss and Queen were kind of the biggest bands on the planet at the time. So, um, good times for sure. Six million dollar mans on TV. I can go on and on. Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, remember those? Don't have those anymore. Uh, not to the the way that we had them before on the major networks anyways. So yeah, when we're talking about 76, we're going to talk about Squirm. Um, I want to say it's one of my favorites. Uh, it's kind of hard to say that, though. I have a lot of admiration for this movie. I guess because of the time period... And just it's it's on the heels of all the Nature Runs Amok movies, right? I kind of like those. I think we need a resurgence of that. We need to have, you know, animals straightening us out because you know we're we're doing things wrong kind of situation. You know, we went through the the zombie phase and it turned into the Nature Runs Amok thing, which is you know still based off of the same uh, cause that happened, right? To some degree. Us messing around with things we shouldn't be messing with, right? So, yeah. Let me know what you think about that. If we need a we need a return of the the animals attack type movies, right? I mean, it's one thing to have abnormally large monsters or whatever, but you know, just basic nature coming and saying, hey, you're screwing us up better change your ways, right? So yeah, that would be, I think that would be fun. But yeah, that's exactly what this movie is. Squirm. I mean, I think the name kind of tells you everything you need to know. Um, Let's do a synopsis here. City slicker Mick. And when you see Mick, you're not going to say he's much of a city slicker versus nowadays, right? Uh, Makes his way to the swampy little town of Fly Creek, Georgia to see his girlfriend, Jerry. Uh, that's a with a G, not with a J. Just letting you know. Uh, uh, after meeting up with her, Mick learns that the area has recently been ravaged by intense storms. Uh, more troubling is the appearance of large worms uh, 
driven up through the soil by by the downpours. But what Mick and Jen and the locals don't realize is that the electricity from the down power lines have caused the worms to go mad and develop a taste for human flesh. Yeah, I mean that that synopsis is gold, right? That's this movie. They they pretty much nailed it. Nothing vague there. Uh, let's see. Why to watch? It's kind of those three same words we see all the time. Thrilling, disturbing, and outlandish. Um, is it disturbing? Only if you're scared of worms, I guess. Uh, Squirm is definitely worth seeing for anyone with a taste for low-budget 70s horror. And it, uh, and at times, this is uh, quite a gem. I, I totally agree. Totally agree with that. Uh, all of Squirm's best moments have a kind of... Uh, tactile sensation that add to the intended creepiness. Yeah. Okay. That one was kind of vague. Squirm isn't isn't a great movie, but it's a great example of when animals attack and nature rebels movie is from the period. There you go. Um, I don't know. Uh, It gets a 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Eh, I think it's a little better than that. If anything, again, you know me. I like I like seventies cinema, especially late seventies cinema. This is right on the the edge of what I consider that. It's another example of low budget, but made by a major company, or at least distributed by a major company. So it still looks good. Um, but yeah, when you look at the seventies movies, especially you know from about seventy one to seventy six. It has this run-down kind of feel to it. It's like uh, we haven't really worked on you know, the current times of fashion or anything like that. The, every every story seems to be old run-down houses. Now, I don't know if, like, Texas Chainsaw had a had an impact on that kind of thing, but it seems like you just found an old abandoned house and you threw some furniture in it and you passed it off as, this is how people live in the 70s. Um not saying that everybody had everything nice and, and lavish, but, you know, uh, I didn't grow up very wealthy at all, and I didn't live in these dumps like these people did in these movies, so uh, maybe I was better off than I thought. Um, anyways, let's talk about this. Uh, the movie is made by Jeff Lieberman, the great Jeff Lieberman. Um, makes uh, a couple of other of my favorite movies, uh just Before Dawn, which is a great slasher if you've never seen it. And also Blue Sunshine. One of the, uh, that should have been on the Bat Crap Crazy Week. Uh, absolutely love Blue Sunshine. What a what a strange concept for a movie. If you've never seen that, check that one out. It's the repercussions of taking drugs in the 60s. So, uh, yeah, I'm talking like LSD and stuff like that, so good, good stuff. Let's look at our cast a little bit. Uh, we don't have a lot to, to focus on here. Um, uh, no big names I can really pull up and show anything. Uh, our main girl is, uh, Jerry is played by Patricia Piercy. Um, has been in a couple of things. She was also in, uh, Disillusion, um, Goodbye Girl, lots of TV stuff, lots of series, Little House on the Prairie, all that kind of stuff, right? 
not not starring roles, but on the show. Uh, uh, Don Scardino is our, our fella that we're taking the trip with. Uh, has been in a few things as well. Uh, he knows you're alone. Uh, what else? Oh, cruising. Yeah. So, he's one of those faces that you, when you see him, you're like, oh, yeah. I've seen him and stuff. So, he's been around quite a bit, too. Ended up being a pretty good, I believe, a director as well. Uh, that's that's it for a, in, a, in a nutshell. I mean, there's there's no big names in this one. It's, it's low budget, right? So, yeah. Uh, you kind of get the beginning where it's a storm going on. You get, you get a uh, scrolling... You know, monologue at the beginning that's telling you about the strange thing that happened in this time in this little town in Georgia, and uh, sets you all up. But then you see this big thunderstorm going on, and you see lots of floods, lots of worms coming to the surface, and for some reason, down powered lines put the charge in the water. Then we get lots of close-up shots of worms sticking out their hooks or their fangs, whichever you prefer, and screeching, because, you know, worms screech. It's, you know, it's just something they do, folks. You just don't, you don't know it. (laughs) So, uh, you know, they're gross. Uh, I wanted to find out a number of, like, how many worms they had to use in this movie, because for the most part, they're real. Uh, And I'm talking about tons and tons of worms. So I just, I, I wanted to see a number on that because I kind of get infatuated with that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, for the most parts, it's onesies and twosies through the majority of this movie. Like we said, our main character uh, comes into town and uh, our young lady, Jerry, is wanting to go pick it up. She lives with her mom and her sister. And uh, she wants to go pick her boyfriend up that's coming into town on a bus but obviously the roads are blocked for him because of downed trees and power lines and stuff, so he has to get off and walk. Well, she wants to borrow the truck from uh, Roger, and Roger is doing some work around the house for the family. Uh, he, he's just a local boy who has a thing for Jerry, and so he's willing to do whatever to try to help out around there. He's not very bright, you know, but he makes his way by doing odd and end jobs. And he works with his dad on a uh, worm farm. I said an ant farm. <laughs> That'd been a different movie. Um, so him, him and his father raise bait, right? Because you're in the swampy area of Georgia. Everybody fishes, right? So probably a pretty good business for that area. Just saying. Um, so she borrows the truck, which is loaded down with a bunch of worms in the back that are being transported for some reason. And... She drives to meet her boyfriend. They meet up. They go into town because they need a block of ice because electricity's off in the house. So the refrigerator is, you know, starting to not run so well or not running at all. So they got to put a block of ice in there and keep it cool. Again, this is supposed to be older times, seems like, because you're still buying blocks of ice to put in your fridge. And uh, they stop at a little little, uh, restaurant and... uh, What's his name? Mick is uh, 
wanted to get him something to drink and of course the the business owner is upset because they can't really do any business because everything's off there's no electricity but he asked for a drink and in the bottom of the drink there's a worm in it so it's kind of saying that even when you get water out of the tap you're getting worms and everything right and they they think that well he's a city slicker and he's just trying to pull one over so you don't have to pay for the drink or whatever yada yada that typical kind of thing but yeah i mean you're starting to find out that the worms can come through water sources all your piping all that stuff which just adds to it uh not a lot really happens through the majority of this movie you know it, it, it's small doses right it all really happens towards the end which is typical kind of 70s filmmaking and you know you get uh when they get back with the truck roger who was you know the truck driver's upset with them because all those worms in the back are now gone so somehow they got out and did something for themselves and of course jerry and mick had nothing to do with it you know they just they were just driving the truck which is weird i think because later on they decided to go back into town and they take the station wagon so i don't know maybe i missed something there it's like why would you take his truck if you've got your own car don't know i know there's an excuse in there but i can't remember what it is but anywho uh they do have their own car so kind of a weird setup there you got uh jerry coming back and staying with you know uh, i mean not jerry mick coming back and staying with jerry and and her sister and, and mom and just things get weirder and weirder as they go along and then one night well they they go to uh i think it's the worm farm right and they find a skeleton on the ground and they go to tell the sheriff and the sheriff already doesn't like the new guy right because she saw he saw he was in the restaurant and thinks that he's just trying to pull one over and don't like the guy because he's not from around here and uh they said, look, you got to come see this. There's a skeleton out here. Well, he drags it. The, they drag the sheriff out there, and there's nothing there. It's all moved, right? So, uh, but our implications were thinking, okay, somehow these worms are eating people. And then one day, uh, Jerry decides to take Mick fishing and going to take Roger, too, because Roger knows his way around everywhere. And Roger ain't too happy about it because he cares for her and doesn't like the new guy coming around. You, you got that scenario going on too. And uh, it ends up where <laughs> uh, Mick decides he has to, to, to go somewhere, right? He gets bit. He gets bit by a worm when, when he's trying to put it on a, on a hook or whatever. And it bites him on the arm and he needs to get, you know, get that fixed. And it ends up where Roger and Jerry is alone, and Jerry makes the move on her, and she doesn't like it, and she knocks him off in the lake. And when he comes up out of the lake, all these worms have, like, crawled up into his face, which still looks pretty dang good. It really does. And uh, so now he's running around. I don't know if the worms have affected his brain or what, but now he's, like, really upset, and he's wanting to kill Mick. And because Jerry's his girl and it's got some great lines in it where he uh, there's a part where Jerry and Mick and everybody you don't see Roger for a long time after that but Mick and everybody they're all sitting down eating supper and a tree falls over in the yard and when it falls over all these worms on the bottom side of it and Mick sees it but when the when the worms are exposed to, to light 
they hide. They take off, right? So there's another thing. As long as there's light around, they kind of keep their distance. you got to have something that deters them, right? And uh, when that happens, he's like, look, I need to go find some plywood to board up some of these windows and stuff because when it gets dark, i got a feeling these worms are going to start trying to come in the house because, I mean, there was a bunch of them under the tree. So he goes to find the plywood, which is old scrap that they'd thrown away, and it was, you know, a mile or so away where they dumped it, which is crazy. Well, you would dump it that far away. But uh, he walks and finds a couple of sheets of plywood that are really, really thin. I'm like, you really think the worms can, you know, that they can't break through that? Because, I don't know, it's like you could just punch through it pretty easy. And uh, on his way back, Roger knocks him off in a pit, it says, now you the one going to be the worm face. I don't know what he meant by that. I guess he knocked him down there knowing that the worms would probably get him. But Roger's also hurt his ankle, which I think he's done several times in this movie because, you know, he's a city slicker. And uh, so now you got Roger with worms in his face running around, pushing him down in this pit, and he's going to go, I think he thinks he's going to go help Jerry or whatever. But things just get kind of crazy. But uh, Mick makes his way out of the pit eventually by taking off his shirt and setting it on fire and keeping all the worms away, making it back into the house. And the sister goes upstairs to take a shower. And worms are coming out of the out of the out of the shower head, which is kind of wild looking. Um, but she turns the water on and leaves. And then later on, the mom's like, hey, did you leave the water on upstairs? We got water now, because they didn't have water before. And she goes upstairs over the door, and just a, a bajillion, and I know it's a made-up word, but a bajillion worms fall out when she opens the door. And you don't see the sister after that. And downstairs, the mom just stays in her rocking chair. She doesn't really go anywhere. But later on, Jerry's run upstairs, because she's scared, because she's starting to see the worms everywhere. And also, you got... Roger messing around being all creepy she goes and tries to hide and then when Mick shows up he goes downstairs and it's like I don't know a foot deep of worms in the whole house maybe even deeper so he's got you know they've got candles lit and he's using the candle to kind of force the worms back and make a pass so he can get upstairs but when he's in his path he sees the mom over there and she's been eaten up by worms Goes upstairs and finds Jerry, but can't find the sister. And the house just fills up and fills up with worms to where it's like, I don't know, maybe six foot deep. And when he gets upstairs, he's looking for Jerry. Actually, when he's looking for her, he can't find her. Notices a ladder that goes up in the, in the attic. And when he goes to climb up there, guess who's up there? That's right, Roger. And he's kidnapped Jerry. So I forgot about that part. And he's got her tied up, and he's, again, he's bonkers at this point. So they get in a big fight, and they end up, uh, uh, Mick ends up running away from him and runs downstairs, but he can't go anywhere because the worms have filled up the bottom of the house. So here comes Roger, and he flips Roger off the flip, off the stairs, and he falls into the worms and gets sucked down in, in by the worms. And, you know, you're thinking, okay, that's the end of him. And, uh... It comes down to uh, Mick running back upstairs, freeing Jerry, and them getting out of there by climbing out on a tree uh, outside the house. And they basically spend the night out in the tree 
not making a sound because you know worms can climb a tree so um and then the next morning of course all the worms are gone and then it does a pov kind of thing in the house and you're thinking oh no we're gonna see roger again and a little a, a trunk opens up and it's it's jerry's sister and uh, so she's okay too but you know mom she's she's uh she's worm food obviously uh and that's that's pretty much this movie i mean i'm leaving out some details so you can check it out it's uh it's kind of like what i said earlier not a great movie but it is 70s as about as 70s as you can get and it's right on par with all of your other you know nature runs amok movies i recommend it i, I think it's fun i think it's inventive for what they did, especially being low budget as it is, I don't know. I have a soft spot for this movie. Um, it's still not one that I'm going to watch on repeat a lot, but I like this movie a lot. So I'm going to give it a three out of five, which is kind of where it kind of said earlier, right? Kind of about halfway. Um, check this one out. Let me know what you think. There's some imagery in this, especially with Roger that you don't shake. Matter of fact, on most of the artwork covers that you see, it's a picture of Roger. It does have this awesome artwork from the 70s. If you see the original artwork that gets used, I think, over and over in some other movies. But uh, that's one thing that always stood out to me. And plus, when they re-released the stuff and they used the face of Roger in the worms, uh, I I always thought that was a really cool uh, cover as well. So, give this one a chance uh again on tubi so you can watch it for free uh let me know what you think on this one because I, I again i have a soft spot for these kind of movies and i have no problem with the movie being low budget whatsoever as long as the effort is put into it and i think a lot of effort went into this one to pull off what they did again i'd like to see just a cost and, and number of what they spent on worms because pretty amazing you can tell some shots they're not real but very very few for the most part they're all real all right folks that's it for this one we will check you later